What's our seat number? Hello, and welcome to this unplanned, unprecedented, and highly controversial episode of What's Our Seat Number. Uh, controversial because my co-host, Sai, is nowhere to be seen, but uh, that is simply out of necessity because he has not seen the movies that I'm going to be talking about, uh, and I just wanted to get my thoughts out there while they are still fresh. Today I want to talk about the new Halloween trilogy, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. Um, I binge-watched these over the weekend. Now, I've seen the original, not the original original, the original original is 1978's Halloween, uh, written and directed by John Carpenter, and it's a classic. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, who is a babysitter who is stalked by Michael Myers an escaped mental patient who we see in the opening of the movie uh, that he murdered his uh, his older sister when he was six years old. But the first Halloween of this trilogy, confusingly titled Halloween, is a pretty good movie, and I've seen it before. Uh, I have it on Blu-ray, and it doesn't reinvent the wheel. It's basically a remake of the the night he came home uh, idea of the first Halloween. Michael Myers escapes from uh, from the mental hospital, and he starts stalking people in the town of Haddonsfield on Halloween night. And when that movie ends, spoilers abound. By the way, just to uh, just to give you a fair warning. This is going to contain a lot of spoilers, um, but the uh, the end of Halloween 2018 is Michael Myers getting burned alive, uh, trapped in Laurie Strode's basement. She's basically lured him there and locked him in and uh, and set him on fire. It's it's a nice little companion piece. Basically, what it does is it bypasses Halloween uh, two onwards. So the original run is Halloween 1978. Uh, Laurie Strode. Um, has a fight with uh, with Michael Myers in uh, in in the house at the end in the dark, and uh, Doctor Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance, um, comes in and, and shoots him, and he falls out the window, and he's lying there in the uh, in the back garden, um, you know, out the same window that Laurie was looking out uh, earlier in the movie, where he's sort of like looking up at her uh, from behind the uh, the hanging sheets. And um, and he's there, and then and then Doctor Loomis comes out and and has a look, and and uh, and he's gone, right? And then you hear the theme, ding 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 ding. ding. Um, and then basically Halloween two is Laurie Strode is in the hospital, uh, literally minutes after that entire incident, and Michael Myers uh, is still on the loose, and he comes back and he he tries to kill her, and then she sets fire to him. <laughs> Which seems to be, uh, you know, a running theme. She sets fire to him, but he comes back again, uh, obviously, um, for Halloween 4. Because Halloween 3 was uh, Halloween Season of the Witch. Uh, John Carpenter's original concept for the Halloween movies was that it was going to be an anthology series. And Halloween 3 is the first and only anthology movie uh, in that the, the, the original was going to be The Babysitter Murders, and then you've got Halloween Season of the Witch, and then they were going to do something else. Halloween 4 was going to be a ghost story, apparently. So uh, so the, the viewers were very unhappy with the fact that, uh, that Halloween 3 did not feature Michael Myers at all, and it was a completely separate story in a completely separate universe. Um, it's just another... Um, it's a John Carpenter movie, basically. Not direct, directed by John Carpenter, but, but definitely produced and, and formulated and written by John Carpenter, um, with music by John Carpenter, if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, but it didn't feature Michael Myers, so they brought back Michael Myers again for Halloween Four, uh, the return of Michael Myers, um, titled as such so that people wouldn't uh, get their panties in a twist. 
the daughter of Laurie Strode, whose name is Jamie Lloyd. And as we find out in Halloween 2, Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister. Therefore, Jamie Lloyd is uh, is Michael Myers' niece. And uh, I'm not really a great big fan of these three movies, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and Halloween 6, because they're not very good, <laughs> from what I remember of them. It's all based on this uh, this sort of, like, cult called Thorn. Michael Myers is a product of, of some kind of, like, supernatural element, like witchcraft or something like that, where he's got this thing that he needs to go after his entire family family and kill them all. Um, now, that may not be an accurate description, but I haven't seen those movies in a long time, and I don't think I'm going to go back to them anytime soon. Uh, it's the, I have a, the same kind of feeling about uh, the Friday the 13th sequels and the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Like, anything after Nightmare on Elm Street 3 up until Wes Craven's new Nightmare, to me, is not just, just not worth my time. Uh, and I, I bought the Nightmare on Elm Street box set, and I watched them through, and I tried, and I just couldn't get on with four five and six it's the same uh, the same sort of uh, areas as, as what we've got here what i normally did when i when i watched the halloween movies was halloween 1978 halloween 2 where you find out that michael myers and and laurie strode are brother and sister and then halloween h20 everybody says h2o but it's nothing to do with water it's 20 years later it's even the subtitle is 20 years later halloween h20 20 years later so there's no reason why it shouldn't be called halloween h20 um it's a pet peeve of mine. So you've got Halloween H20, in which it's revealed that Laurie Strode faked her own death and uh, she's changed her name and she's living as a headmistress of a boarding school. Michael Myers finds her, he comes back and, and at the end of that movie she goes after him, there's a, there's a great big showdown, she decapitates him. There's no like coda where you see him get up again, you just see the head roll and then the theme comes in and that's the end of the movie. That is... I think in my formative years, that to me was one of my favorite Halloween movies after the first one because um, it was sort of that Scream era where they were making movies like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer and The Faculty and Phantoms <laughs> uh, in which Ben Affleck obviously was the bomb. Uh, yo, I enjoyed those movies when I was younger, so um, H20 fit right into that category, and it it ended it. It ended it wonderfully. It it was a uh, it was a sequel that ignored the other three movies, uh, the you know four, five, and six, and it just it just ended it. And then Resurrection came out, and for some reason they put Laurie Strode um, in a uh, in a mental facility or something like that. She'd broken down after after those uh, after those events of of Halloween H20. And you find out that Michael Myers had switched himself with one of the first responders that came onto the scene at the end of Halloween H20. Um, and he put his mask on him and uh, Laurie Strode had decapitated the wrong person. And then Laurie Strode is murdered by, by Michael Myers at the beginning of Resurrection. Now, I choose to ignore that movie because it is heinous shit <laughs> quite frankly i don't like it and i don't like the fact that they uh, that they did that i it was it, it was a bit of a, a cheat to me uh, and apparently that was the plan all along and they were going to have that be the coda of uh, of halloween h20 but i'm glad they didn't because i can quite you know quite happily live in denial and just sort of ignore everything that came after that um, and then you have Halloween 2018, which bypasses Halloween 2. So in Halloween 2018, it continues on directly from 40 years later, directly from Halloween 1978, and it completely bypasses the idea that Laurie Strode and Michael Myers are brother and sister. So no brother and sister in Halloween uh, 2018. He escapes from the uh, from the mental institution again, and as I said, it's very much a retread of 
the style of plotting that goes on in Halloween 1978. And then, so I, I enjoy that movie. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, reboot quill or sequel, <laughs> however you want to, you want to term it. Uh, it. It's a, it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's very violent, which, um, you know, in, in terms of, I mean, I'm not as bloodthirsty as I was when I was a kid. I, I really wanted to see all the blood and whatever, because I don't know why. I think it's a, it's a sort of curiosity uh, when you're a kid that you want to see disgusting things or maybe because you want to see more adult that you're watching a movie that's got lots of swearing in it and lots of uh, lots of sex and boobies and you know and blood and and gore and whatever uh the the thing that that amused me about Halloween 2018 was that it was that violent and it was rated R because a lot of horror movies have kind of gotten the teeth taken out of them and like it or not if you're a horror movie fan that's what a stalk and slash is. It's got to be gory. It's it's got to have that as as part of its uh, you know sort of genetic makeup, if you will. Um, so I I enjoyed that fact, even though some of those things, being older now, being almost forty um, myself, uh, that kind of thing kind of makes me cringe a little bit now. Um, it sort of makes me go. Uh, which never happened to me before, but uh, but I guess you know, growing up and, and having kids and and sort of becoming an adult, that uh, that sort of that sort of happens. I remember watching Goldeneye, and there was uh, somebody in the room. I can't remember who it was. I don't think it was family. I think it was a family friend. And uh, uh, you had uh, Alec Trevelyan falling onto the satellite dish at the end of that movie, and he breaks his leg and and whatever. And she was uh, she was all like, oh, and it's rated twelve, and it's not exactly you know, over-the-top violent. It's not the most violent thing I'd ever seen at that point. So I was like, well, what is the matter with you? Anyway, I digress. The point is that um, that Halloween 2018 uh, was a good Halloween movie, and it, it hit the refresh button, and I and I really enjoyed it. Now, what I binged this weekend, so I re-watched Halloween 2018, and then I watched Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, having never seen either of those two. Halloween Ends is brand new, and Halloween Kills uh, came out last year. And Halloween Kills had a lot of of detractors and it was it was really quite derided critically and audiences really didn't like it either and i watched it and i thought this is not half bad now it's not uh reinventing the wheel either the movie concerns an angry mob which is put together and led by tommy doyle tommy doyle played by anthony michael hall who was one of the kids that laurie strode was babysitting in 1978 and Laurie Strode gets taken to hospital with her daughter and granddaughter after the events of uh, of Halloween 2018. And as I said, they they burned Michael Myers in the basement. As the three the three women are being driven away to the hospital, so you see um, the fire truck coming in in the opposite direction, and uh, and they start going, no, no, let him burn, let him burn. <laughs> So the firemen come in and they and they start trying to put out the fire and you find that Michael Myers was hiding behind a uh, a metal door that uh, that housed uh, weapons in the basement. So he comes out, he kills all of the firefighters. Suddenly he's this 
um, this unstoppable force, more so than we've ever seen before, where he can take down massive crowds of people at once and just like just like slice them all up and and murder them in various uh, creative ways. So Michael Myers is once again on the loose straight away, um, and it, so as you as you can tell, it continues on literally five minutes after the first movie ends, which gives it a certain amount of momentum. And there's a definite continuity there. It's the same uh, the same director, the same writers, the same crew, everything. David Gordon Green, who did such a marvelous job on the uh, on the on Halloween uh, 2018, so he comes back and and, and makes his trilogy and he's obviously got an end game here uh, like he knows what he's trying to do you have michael myers on the loose again you have um laurie strode lying in uh lying in haddonfield memorial hospital it's exactly the same hospital as halloween 2 and it's clear that david gordon green is trying to um sort of echo what's come before even if he's ignoring it Aside from that, the movie opens uh, with a flashback to 1978 and what happened after the events of the Babysitter Murders, which um, which is not clear in Halloween t- 2018 because Michael Myers just disappears, but you don't see how he gets uh, how he gets put into the mental institution again. And um, so there's a flashback with a young um, young Will Patton, Will Patton who plays the uh, the sheriff. There's a whole altercation with the police and Michael Myers, and then we have that uh, that sort of that filling in that gap that you see that Michael then gets taken to the to the mental hospital and that's where we find him at the beginning of 2018's Halloween. Tommy Doyle is in the uh, is in a pub with a couple of the other survivors. There's Lindsay who uh, who was the other kid that was being babysat in 1978 and there's Marion who was uh, who was Michael's nurse um, who was uh, also played by the same actress who who was uh, almost killed at the beginning of Halloween 1978 and then is killed in Halloween H20 but obviously we're bypassing Halloween H20. So there she is. And they see that uh, that Michael Myers is back again and that he's escaped and he's murdered all of these uh, firefighters and Tommy Doyle decides to uh, to lead an angry mob. Apparently in, uh, I think it's Halloween 5 there's an angry mob. So it's not a new idea, but it's interesting that David Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride and the other writers decided to go in this direction rather than have it just be another stalk and slash. Uh, it could have been exactly that. It could have been exactly the same as every other Halloween movie, another stalk and slash. Um, but but they, they had this really interesting idea of the angry mob becoming the monster. And because it's, it's mob mentality and it's got this forward momentum that has, uh, that has no reasoning. And so Tommy Doyle realizes that the end of it that uh, maybe they were a little bit hasty. But then they find Michael Myers and they start beating him. <laughs> to within an inch of his life apparently and then he just takes down all of them the angry mob uh so by the end of it they come back to the uh, to the Myers house which is where which is where everything began in that flashback and um and you see karen uh, staring out the window uh, which is uh, apparently what Michael Myers comes back to do after he kills. He goes to the old Myers house to where he killed his sister and he stares at his reflection in the window. Um, so Karen's doing that and then Michael Myers comes up and, and kills her, um, which is the shock twist ending of, of this movie. Um, and it causes the events of Halloween Kills to uh, to set in motion in a way. Um, so, uh, so Michael Myers has escaped once again by the end of Halloween Kills and it's, uh, it's basically... I. To be honest, in terms of the movie itself, I enjoyed watching it, and I didn't think it was as bad as everybody said. I can understand a certain amount of the uh, of the negativity that was uh, that was leveled at it, but to be honest, it wasn't it, it, to my mind anyway. It wasn't as bad as everybody said it was, and uh, it's very possible that I went in with 
extremely low expectations. But then again, I went in with low expectations to Morbius as well. <laughs> I felt that uh, that Halloween Kills was a worthy follow-up, and they probably just could have ended it there if they would have taken the finale of Halloween Ends and, and tacked it on to Halloween Kills. Um, but uh, But they didn't. And uh, and here's my problem with the entire exercise is, is, is there a point to it? Is there a reason for any of these scenes to exist? So Halloween kills ends, <laughs> and then Halloween ends begins. You have this pre-credit scene which shows a new character whose name is Corey babysitting this kid, Jeremy, as the parents go out for a Halloween party. And Jeremy is a, is a little shit, as it were, and he locks Corey in the, uh, in the attic. And Corey is, uh, is trying to kick the door down. The parents come home just as Corey succeeds in kicking the door down. And Jeremy is behind the door. Jeremy goes flying and uh, he falls down the massive spiral staircase, which all of these rich uh, Americans in suburbia seem to have, these, these massive houses with massive, huge staircases. And he falls down and uh, there is a splat and Corey is uh, is held responsible, obviously. And then it goes into uh, into the credits. The credits, which are styled after Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, um, which is interesting because it's got nothing to do with Michael Myers. And then we have most of the movie focused on Corey and, uh, and Laurie Strode and her granddaughter, Allison, now living together. And uh, Laurie's got herself a new house, which is on a suburban street, and it's no longer isolated. And she's decided that she's going to live her life, and she's writing a novel, which is some kind of uh, therapeutic exercise for her. Allison is now a nurse in, uh, in Haddonfield Memorial. So the, you do continue on with the original characters of those, uh, of those other two movies, but Michael is still somewhere in the background and Corey takes the spotlight. So that, that opening sequence was a year after the events of Halloween uh, and Halloween Kills. And then we fast forward another three years, which again, loses the momentum a certain amount. I was watching House of the Dragon and I really enjoyed episodes one to six. And then it time jumped forward and they recast the, uh, the, the original two uh, leading ladies. And while the the new cast is is great and and does a fantastic job and the writing is still top notch. I kind of lost that connection a little bit because of the time jump and because of the recasting. And I really wanted to carry on with uh, with with the original cast. And here, while there's no recasting going on, but there is a lack of momentum because it doesn't continue on anywhere near close to the uh, uh, to the to the first two movies. So there's a disconnect there. And then Corey comes in. Corey has has a certain amount of PTSD from the incident that happened uh, in Halloween uh, in 2019. And um, and he's locally completely and utterly hated. Um, everybody thinks that he's a, uh, a child murderer. He, he maintains that it was an accident, which obviously we as the audience can see that it was to a certain extent. But honestly, if that was my kid, I would have uh, I would have murdered the bastard, um, whether it was, it was an accident or not. So there's definitely something interesting going on there, an interesting uh, sort of examining PTSD, examining culpability, examining blame. There's a very interesting uh, setup there. So you see that Corey is bullied by these band kids, and he's working at his stepfather's junkyard as a mechanic. We kind of like Corey at the beginning, I think. He hooks up with Allison. Allison and he meet, and there's a, there's a sort of romantic spark going on there. We find out that Michael has been living in a sewer for the last four years for some reason. I don't know anything about, like, why, why he's there. He's unkillable. There's no reason for him to fear anybody else because he can just murder everybody that comes in his path. What's he biding his time for? Uh, for four years. Um, none of that's really explained. 
and you see that Corey over the next half hour, forty minutes or so, starts to starts to get dark, and he's being he's being bullied, and, and Laurie sort of takes him under her wing. But you see that he's kind of uh, he's kind of like getting dark. You can see that he wants to murder these band kids. He's he's seriously disturbed. So there's an interesting sort of night and day kind of uh, you know like the, the Joker Batman kind of thing going on here. That Laurie Strode is the um, is the example of the of somebody with PTSD who is trying to make a new life for herself and Corey is an example of somebody with PTSD who can't cope and who is sort of slowly but surely slipping uh, into the dark side and there's a uh, there's a moment where the band kids kind of uh, kind of mug Corey and they throw him over the side of a bridge and he winds up at the overpass uh, where uh, Michael Myers is living in the uh, in a sewer pipe and uh, he sort of comes across Michael Myers and they tussle a little bit but then Michael Myers looks into Corey's eyes and for some reason sees evil and therefore lets him live which I'm not really sure why that happens <laughs> um, because Michael Myers just kills indiscriminately but uh, but yeah, he lets him live, and Corey uh, goes on a killing spree, killing all of the people who pissed him off. His mum, uh, the band kids, the, there's a radio DJ who he murders. He wants to kill Laurie because Laurie has told him to stay away from Allison because she also sees evil in his eyes. Now, I've always wondered this, because, I, I mean, you get a feeling about somebody, but I, I've never seen eyes in real life that belies some kind of something i never see it you know like uh that, that's there's that whole thing about harry potter having lily's his mother's eyes it always mystifies me like i i don't get it um so there's evil in Corey's eyes <laughs> it could be that whole thing that when you know people when actors kind of tilt their heads down and like roll their eyes up a little bit like you know and smile slightly they look evil um but laurie has kind of sussed it out in Corey and tells him to stay away from allison so Corey comes to kill uh, Laurie Strode and Laurie calls in a suicide for some reason and then uh, shoots a pumpkin and then says you didn't think I'd really kill myself did you and then she shoots Corey Corey falls down the stairs he's still alive obviously because people don't die if, if you're a boogeyman you don't die in these movies and then Laurie says to uh, to Corey Laurie and Corey um, Laurie says to Corey uh, you can't have her and then Corey says, well, if I can't have her, no one can. And then he knifes himself in the neck. And then Laurie picks up the knife. Now, again, it's a cliche. Why would you take the knife out and hold it? Because somebody's going to walk in and see you holding the knife, standing over a dead body and go, oh, what have you done? What have you done? What have you done? That's basically how it always goes. And that is exactly what happens here. That Allison walks in, sees Laurie Strode standing over her boyfriend with a bloody knife. And she goes, what have you done? Why would you do that? Blah, 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 blah. And that's it for Corey, really. So we've spent um, a good, um, <laughs> I want to say 75, 80% with Corey in this movie, um, following Corey around, and then he just sort of dies on the floor. Michael comes back, takes his mask back from Corey that Corey has stolen from him, and um, there, is a, there is a kerfuffle it's the only thing I could really call it because Epic Showdown is not really what it is. I think this entire movie should have been an Epic Showdown uh, between Michael and Laurie, but it wouldn't be the first time and it probably won't be the last either. I mean, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis says that it's her last Halloween movie, but do you believe her? I'm not sure that I do. So you have um, this sort of showdown which uh, culminates in 
Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie knifing Michael on the kitchen counter in all of his limbs to sort of like pin him down and make sure he doesn't move. And then she slits his throat and there's a whole procession with Michael sort of strapped to the roof of a car and they take him to uh, Corey's dump and they put him in a... Uh, not a pulverizer, but like one of those, uh, one of those like shredder, like car shredding machines that, uh, you know, I have no idea what it's called because I don't know anything. And, um, and he gets pulverized in, uh, in kind of a gory, squelchy fashion. And that's the end of Michael Myers. And then the, uh, the sort of the title fades out where it says Halloween ends and then Halloween fades out and it just leaves ends on the screen. So there we have it. That's the, that's the movie. It's basically the structure is, uh, 85% Corey. 75, 80, 85% Corey. And then the rest of it is literally just, uh, you know, a showdown with, uh, with Laurie and Michael that could have been tacked onto the end of uh, Halloween kills. There's, there's really no reason for, for the rest of the movie to exist. I mean, I, I enjoyed spending time with the characters and there's a lot of character development in it. And there's some interesting themes examined and I enjoyed following Corey around, but his, uh, his story sort of ends inconsequentially. So there's there's really no reason for it to exist because at the end of the day, it's all about Laurie and Michael. So at the end of the day, my summary is that I really love Halloween 2018 um, and I enjoyed Halloween Kills. I sort of enjoyed Halloween Ends, but Fridge Logic is setting in and now I'm kind of thinking to myself, it's not that great. I don't have the passion for it to to really like get riled up about it. It's not no time to die. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I love Halloween and I have done since I was a kid and I know that Mark uh, Kermode likes it as well. Um, and uh, and he really had like a massive rant about Halloween ends, and I'm sure he will do when David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, and that that whole crew makes their Exorcist uh, sequel trilogy again. Um, doing the same thing that they've done with Halloween, which is basically to bypass all of the Exorcist sequels and just make a direct sequel to uh, to The Exorcist 1 uh, with Ellen Burstyn in tow, and then another two movies off the back of that if it's successful, but they have a trilogy arc in mind, and Kermode is uh, is very sort of against it, and he's saying, why why would you do this? Why? Why? What's with the trilogy thing? Why, why must you? Must you? So that, you know, that's basically the long and short of it. It's not great. It's not awful. It's not the worst Halloween movie I've ever seen, and I do applaud them for trying to do something different. And they did try and do something different, but at the end of the day, they they reverted back to, in the last act, they reverted back to just Michael versus Laurie, and uh, and that's it. So I really don't see the reason why it couldn't have been a Michael-centric movie from the get-go. And there's a there's something online that, that shows that, you know, Halloween uh, Kills is modeled after Halloween 2, which is obvious because of the, um, you know, the Haddonfield... Memorial Hospital setting and Laurie Strode being sort of in a hospital bed the entire time. And then you've got uh, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which uh, doesn't feature Michael at all. And Halloween Ends features the same sort of title design as as Halloween 3 and barely features Michael. It does feature Michael, but barely features Michael. I'm not exactly sure what the idea of that was, if it was maybe just a little bit of a sort of a, a, an homage, perhaps, to those, uh, to those other two movies. There's definitely a lot of calls backs in these three movies that show a reverence for the for the original and i and i appreciated it because they weren't sort of in your face it's kind of it's kind of natural because it's still set in haddonfield and it's and it's sort of continuing
continuing on and there would be people in that sort of small town i guess that uh, that would have lived there for their lives as a sort of solidarity with the town i guess and the town's people what i don't understand is why Corey didn't leave haddonfield <laughs> if he's uh, almost completely like derided he had a job he could have like saved up some money and just like left there's a lot of holes there and a lot of like leaps in logic that i don't quite get uh, but as I said, it's not as bad as everybody seems to be making out. It's definitely not worth getting <laughs> riled up about it. So uh, all y'all on Facebook, chill the fuck out. It's fine. It's a fine trilogy. I think that um, the Halloween and Halloween Kills are my favorites of the two of the three. And uh, Halloween Ends, I could sort of take it or leave it. Um, but it does kind of like that last um, 15 minutes does kind of wrap everything up. So I appreciate it for that. Um, but I, and I appreciate what they were trying to do. So that's my review of the new Halloween trilogy. And obviously uh, I won't even give Rob Zombie's Halloween movies the benefit of, uh, of talking about them. But, uh, but those two movies don't exist in my mind. I don't like them at all. But I will say that this trumps all of those. And the sequels, the, uh, the the three sequels that I don't particularly like, and Halloween Resurrection. For me, you've got two different continuities. You've got Halloween 1978, Halloween 2, and Halloween H20, and uh, and these four. Halloween 1978, Halloween 2018, Halloween uh, Kills, and Halloween Ends. Um, I'm quite happy with that, to be honest. But anyway, that's my review of that. I really, really miss Sai to sort of bounce off me. Uh, and I hope that Sai, when you, if you actually do get around to watching these three movies and you want to talk about them um, and you want to listen to this and then sort of respond uh, so we can do an episode on that and hopefully next week we will be back to our originally scheduled programming because we had another Jewish holiday this uh, this last couple of weeks which um, which uh, didn't allow us to meet and, and record anything so we will be back with um, what I think will be the Frighteners and the Adams Family um, so stay tuned for that and have a good one Goodbye. Thanks for listening. What's our seat number? 